Good day. It is so good to be back with you and coming to share a word from God with you. We are grateful and thankful to God for allowing us to see and to be enjoying the new year thus far. But understand with the new year comes new challenges, new trials, new blessings, new challenges, changes, and a renewing from the old. And for all of us, there has to be a looking at oneself. To know that some things in our actions, deeds, and behaviors must change in the new year. So today, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk to you from the thought of sent to deliver a hard message. And our main scripture can be found in 2 Samuel 12, and it reads as follows. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his wonderful word. In the opening line of the text, it reads, The Lord sent Nathan. It does not say he went on his own. He was not summoned by anyone. He was not instructed or told to go by friends or even a family member. But it says he was sent by the Lord. Do you know it's different when you choose to go on your own accord? Go because someone summoned you or told you to go as opposed to being sent somewhere by God himself. What I've discovered is that many people want to go on their own accord to give a person a piece of their mind, their opinion or thoughts on a situation. In other words, they want to get all up in someone else's business on their own accord and then hide under the guise that God sent them. There are too many Christians that are like this, as well as secular people. But we expect the unsaved to do these kind of things, but not the so-called saved. They're supposed to wait until God sends them to speak. Too many Christians and people today are too eager to get up in other people's business. Scripture tells some, reminds others, and informs the uninformed. And make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 14. Lead a quiet life and mind your own business. That's biblical, people. So in essence, the Bible is saying stop intruding and interjecting yourself into other people's business until you are told or sent to do so by God or the people ask you for your interceding. Not just because you think you need to or you want to. Allow me to say this. Because it's usually the ones that jump into other people's business 
who were the first ones to complain and yell about people being in their business. In the text, we see that God sent Nathan to David, but not only sent Nathan, but has told him all about David's business. Understand David's business had come up in front of God, but his business was also out in the public sphere based on David's actions. And because it was in the public sphere, it had also come to God's attention. So much so that God saw the need to send Nathan to speak to David about his situation. Don't you know there's a real problem when God has to specifically send someone to talk to you about your own little dirty business. I'm a fond believer that God first speaks to you in private about your personal situation. And just in case you miss the conversation or prompting or message the first time, I believe he makes a second attempt before he puts others into your business or puts your business out for all to see. He speaks it once and he confirms it twice. In the text, we see that God is at the point that he has put Nathan, the prophet, in David's business. I can only surmise from my own dealings that I believe God made a similar call to David about his mishaps, missteps, and his mistakes concerning Bathsheba and Uriah. I ask you, has God spoken to you in private about some shady business that you've been involved in or with? And have you ignored or pretended not to hear him the first time? Is he on his second attempt through this message to warn you and divert your actions before he has to put your business all out in the streets? In the text, Nathan has been sent to David by God to be the person that has been asserted into David's business. And as we read the text, Nathan comes with a message from God that is hard hitting and difficult. Understand this fact. David is king. And although Nathan is a prophet, he is still under the leadership or headship of David. And sometimes it can be hard to go tell someone who holds authority or power over you the hard truth because it can bring consequences and actions towards you that can be detrimental or harmful, not physically, but as it pertains to your job or whatever power they hold over you. But I say this to you, be like Nathan. And if God sends you into the situation or fire, believe he has the fire retardant to keep anything coming back at you, off of you or away from you. So there's no need to have fear or apprehensiveness when you know God is sending you to deliver a hard message. Just look in the Bible when God sent Ananias to go speak to Paul on a Damascus road. I say this to you, as long as you're going in the name of the Lord, no weapon formed against you will prosper. The battle isn't yours, it's the Lord's, as well as vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Because you have to remember, he's the one that sent you. So he has your back and your front. In the text, Nathan has been sent to David under a power dynamic. And to top it off, this time, David had gone rogue and is in his fleshly self. Understand, we are dealing with the fleshly David. The David who should have been out with his troops at war. As told in 2 Samuel 11 and 1, in the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. That's 2 Samuel 11 and 1. This is the David that stayed home while others were fighting a war for him. This is the David that saw the beautiful dark skin of Bathsheba bathing from his rooftop. 
This is the David after seeing her sent someone out to find out about her. This is the David even after told she was Elam's daughter and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. This is the David that still sent to get her. Even though she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleansiness, 2 Samuel 11 and 4. This is the David that slept with her and got her pregnant. The same David that knew she was pregnant, then sent for her husband off the battlefield and encouraged him to sleep with her. Even tried to get him drunk to go sleep with his wife so he could have her husband take the charge of she being pregnant. This is the David who has tried tricks, schemes, and manipulation maneuvers to cover up his acts. When Uriah refused to sleep with his wife the second time, David sent him back to the battlefield with a message to deliver to his commander. And unbeknownst to Uriah, David had Uriah deliver the letter that sealed his own faith. I know this is hard to believe, but this is how it reads in the text. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab, and sent it with Uriah in it, he wrote, Put Uriah out in front, where the fighting is the fiercest. Then withdraw from him, so he will be struck down and dies. 2 Samuel eleven fourteen through 15 This is the David that God has sent Nathan to speak with about his situation and business at hand. I ask you, has God ever sent someone to speak to you about your business affairs? or sent you to speak to someone else about theirs. Well, in the text, Nathan finds himself sent to speak to David about his affairs and David being king. Nathan has no clue how David will react or respond. Remember, he's working in the flesh. And he just responded to Uriah's refusal to go sleep with his wife that he committed adultery with, out to the front lines to be killed, and use Uriah as a carrier of the letter to the commander. How devious and devilish is David to carry out such a deed like that. So Nathan has been sent to speak to a man after God's own heart who has not been carrying out God's deeds in this chapter of his life. Now Nathan finds himself sent, sent by God to speak with David. And as we read the text, listen to the words that Nathan uses as he approaches David. There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man. But the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over, because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. In the words we hear Nathan speaking to David, we do not hear fear, apprehensiveness, nor is he shaken by the assignment. He has been sent by the Lord and he speaks to David in a parable, but with strength, conviction, boldness, and courage, no fear. 
I say to you, when God sends you in his strength, not in your strength, not at your own doing, nor your own self-righteousness, but in God's will and strength, you cannot go there half-stepping, holding back, stuttering, or with sugar-coated words. You have to come, speaking boldly and with truth and strength, but with kindness and grace, knowing you were sent in the name of the Lord. In the text, Nathan sent by the Lord to deliver a word, a message, a check on David that caused David, as the text says, to burn with anger. As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. The words of a recent adulterer and murderer. Mad at another, he believed that had done wrong in his sight. Understand this key point. Many can always see the wrongs of others and try to be angry at what they perceive is an offense that is unforgivable, but won't, can't, or unwilling to see what they do, did, or are doing is worse than the person they're angry at because they don't see their sin as bad as someone else's sin and behavior. He cheated on his wife, but you stole from your neighbor. She lied to her husband, but you gossiped about your friend. He hit his wife, but you falsified documents to get a loan from the bank. All I'm saying is examine yourself. Look in the mirror at yourself and your wrongdoing before you take time to pass judgment on someone else's. Your sin is just as sinful as their sin. Your sin is just as bad as their sin is. Stop justifying yours by trying to maximize theirs while minimizing yours. They're the same, bro, or boo. In other words, mind your business and take care of your business and your household before you try to peek in the window or break down the door to someone else's house. Because if you take time to look at your own house, you probably have more problems there than you think you do. All because you've been neglecting your business, trying to get involved voluntarily into someone else's business. In the text, Nathan has delivered some news to David because God had seen David's actions, dipped his toe into Uriah's house and impregnated this man's wife and had Uriah killed. He messed up this man's house because he could. Now look at poor Bathsheba. Went from being married to a faithful, honorable, noble, trustworthy, loyal man who was focused on taking care of just one wife, happy with her and her not having to worry about him cheating on her, to now having to marry and being pregnant by an adulterous murderer with many wives and concubines, going from one of one with Uriah to one of many with David, a single sheep getting all the attention to one in a flock of herds getting occasional attention. Allow me to say this. When you walk with God, you're one of one with him. He keeps watch over you with an arm, an angel, a hedge, an ear, an eye on you and around you at all times. He knows every hair on your head and everyone you've lost. He keeps count of every strand of weave, wig, or every man wig that you place on your head as you are the apple of his eye. Now Bathsheba has went from the, that with Uriah to one of many with David. Understand this is in stark contrast of what you are when you rock with the enemy. You're just one of many doing devilish deeds for him, as we find David having done in the text as pertains to Bathsheba and Uriah. In the text, we see David is now angry at what he has heard from Nathan until he realizes he's the man. Understand and listen to this very point. God will punish you for your actions that harm, causes others grief, especially if he has raised you up to a higher level or elevation. For David, he was king. 
you may be in another position and you take advantage of someone subordinate to you. David was king. Uriah was a soldier. Bathsheba was just an ordinary civilian to whom much is given, much is required. One thing that is required when you've been elevated to a leadership role is self-control, doing what is right, not taking advantage of those you oversee, have power over or less fortunate than yourself or ones who are depending on you. In the text, we see David has violated each and every one of those aforementioned things. But know this, there's no bad deed that God doesn't see nor goes unpunished. So I say, if God is about to elevate you, has given you a vision or assignment that will have you overseeing or supervising others, be moral, be righteous, be selfless, and don't try to exploit the ones God sent you to help and lead. In the text, David exploited, abused, and misused his power and committed adultery as well as murder. But as I said, no bad or awful deed like this goes unpunished by God. As we read further in the text, the Lord says to David about his deeds and behavior as it pertains to Uriah and Bathsheba. And it reads as follows. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am about to bring calamity on you before your very eyes. I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. 2 Samuel 12, 11 through 12. God promised calamity to come to David's house, but don't miss this key thing God says in the text. What you did in secret, God will do the same to you in the daylight. In other words, the dirt you did in the dark to someone else will be done to you in the same manner, but in the daylight for all to see. You slept with another man's wife in the dark. Someone will sleep with your husband in broad daylight. He crept in the dark against someone else, but they will walk in the daylight against you. Simply put in biblical terms, you reap what you sow. David secretly slept with Uriah's wife. Now someone close to you, your son will sleep with your wife in the open. So let it be written, so let it be done. 2 Samuel 16, 20 and 22 reads as follows. Absalom said to Athapel, give us your advice. What should we do? Athapel answered, sleep with your father's concubines whom he left to take care of the palace. Then all Israel will hear that you made yourself obnoxious to your father and the hands of everyone with you will be more resolute. So they picked the tent for Absalom on the roof. And he slept with his father's concubine in the sight of all Israel. Second Samuel 16, 22. And there was calamity in David's house from that point on. After Nathan spoke God's word to him. Understand this point. Devilish deeds and bad behavior will not be tolerated by God. Especially to the ones God has elevated to leadership roles. So if you're already in a leadership role. About to be elevated to a leadership role or you have been shown in the near future you will be. Get your business in order. Keep your business in order. I say this to you. Don't make God send someone to you to get all up in your unrighteous business because at that time it's too late. Consequences are on the way. You know this needs to be said. Don't despise or try to bypass the humble beginnings nor forget about them. 
David obviously did, back when he was a boy in the field scooping up sheep dung by himself, being led, taught, humbled, and prepared by God all alone. Now only to be elevated and forgetting about all he was taught, all that he had learned, all God had said to him while tending the flock and scooping up sheep dung in all the lonely days he had spent doing so. Allow me to say this to someone listening. I don't know what humble beginnings or lessons you've learned along the way, but I say this to you. Don't let your gifts take you where your character can't keep you. The character I'm talking about is your character that was developed on the backside of the mountain or in the desert or in your valley when you had no fanfare or you were not the king or in an elevated position. Remember the humility and the character you had once God places you on the mountaintop. In the text, David's character flaws caused God to have anger and contempt for David because David showed contempt for God. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sins. You are not going to die, but because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. 2 Samuel 12, 13 and 14. In closing, allow me to say this. God will not bless that which has been cursed. God will not bless that which has been cursed. He will not turn his head nor close his eyes to the sins you committed towards him nor against others he has placed under your watch. So I say pastor, preacher, bishop, priest, or anyone else in the clergy or anyone put in a leadership position. Pray for your flock. Don't pray on your flock. God is watching what you're doing in the dark. And it's only a matter of time that he will bring it to the light. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hear this. I'm, I'm, I'm the warning before your Nathan arrives. Judge yourself accordingly and take heed to the warning. God is not playing. He needs leaders who will do the right and moral things, not ones who will take advantage of others. In the text, David, a man after God's own heart, was sent a message through Nathan, a hard and necessary message. You are the man doing wrong. Get your business in order. This is your Nathan message. Get your business in order. And allow me to leave you with this. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judea. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. That's Second Samuel 12 and 8. That's God speaking to David. David did not have to do anything that he did. God said, if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. All I'm saying to you is, don't do devilish deeds. Ask God for what you want. You have not because you ask not. Do not take advantage of others. If there's something you want, go to God in prayer. All David had to do was ask God. All you have to do is ask God. Don't go do devilish things, immoral things to others to get or accomplish or receive what you're trying to get. Just ask God for it. And if it's his will to give it to you, he will give it to you. Amen. As always. 
We hope you enjoy today's message. We welcome your feedback. And if you were blessed by the message, please feel free to pass our podcast information on to both friends and family. We pray that you have an awesomely blessed day, and we thank you again for allowing us to share a word of God with you. To God be the glory. Amen. AAJ Pod, where the passion for Christ meets the purpose of Christ.